All right, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters of the brush, it's Chris Grundy, your host of the Brush Off Show. Tonight, we're heading into season three, episode number four. We're going across the pond to talk to Nick out there in Manchester, England, who is ready to join us now. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Evening, pal. How are you doing? Not bad, thanks. Thanks for uh, joining me on this late evening for you. I know oh, it's nice and, nice and early for me. These uh, Tuesday shows for the UK have me conflicted, whether I like them or dislike them. <laughs> I like it's okay for me. But uh, it throws off my whole night like I had to either eat dinner late or early. So we started cooking at 3 <laughs> o'clock, and now it's 5 o'clock, and here we are. Cool. But, uh, never mind. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate your time. Like I said, You're I know welcome. it's... Pretty late for you over there. Uh, so let's Don't start worry. this up. Season three, episode number four belongs to you. Please tell mm -hmm. the people who you are and where you're from. So I'm Nick Parker, um, co-founder of the Brush Brothers with my brother Simon. Um, we've been doing this for between us for about 20 years uh, and absolutely loving it and smashing it, hopefully, as you can see by our posts. Right on, right on. So you've been into it for 20 years, but I know that you were off and on into it for 20 years because you actually had quite an interesting career ahead of taking on painting full time. Yeah, so pretty much, I mean, we, we well, my brother's been doing it for 20 years. He's been doing it full stop 20 years on the brushes. Um, I started pretty much when I was about 18, 19 years old. Then I got interrupted by another career change, which has been a cop for the best part of 20 years. Um, and then picked up the brushes again, and I've never looked back. Couldn't be happier. Okay, so you're a police officer for 20 years, and uh, yeah. I know we did speak about this earlier, but yeah. a lot of Canadians and a lot of Americans don't know that the English police officers don't carry firearms. No, no, it's weird, isn't it? Absolutely weird. To be honest, I know a lot of people that I wouldn't trust with a firearm, put it that way. I wouldn't trust them with a pen, even a brush, never mind a firearm. So it's not a bad thing, to be perfectly honest. So what do you guys get? Like a pair of handcuffs and a bit Tasers. Of you get tasers, you get a baton, you get some pepper spray and other bits and pieces. That's it. That's it. And you use your brain and you use yeah. your mouth. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right on. So what was that like? What's, what's it like being an English uh, police officer? It was good, you know. I mean, I was only a regular cop for two years. Um, I spent two years in uniform. I spent two years um, in plain clothes, you know, the undercover, undercover stuff. And then I went into a specialist role for the last 12 and a half years of my service, um, which was, I could tell you what it was about, but then I'd have to kill you. Well, okay, you know what, let's leave it there because I know that there's a lot of secret services and... Uh... It was good. Do you know what? I mean, I'm bigging it up. It was good. It was yeah. really good. It was basically like grown-up cops and robbers. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. So if you don't mind me asking, what was it, what, what did it come down to for you to say, you know what, I'm going to put the badge down and I'm going to pick up this brush full-time? Um, <clears throat> a number of things, really. I wanted, I would, I wanted to get promoted. I don't know if you know, well, you, you probably won't, you won't know much about what happened over here with the cops, but they started reducing numbers, big style, and I just couldn't get promoted. And that was what my, I had a, I had a 30 year plan and I did just up to 20 um, and it just didn't work out. 
and I spoke to my brother at length and I said, look, I said, I, I need something new. I need, I'm bored. My shifts were ridiculous. I was working 18, 20, 22 hours a day. Um, and I never saw my family. And I just wanted to see my family. And my brother was already established. I'd already worked with him when, when I was off shift. I'd worked with my brother. And I already had the skills. He had the skills. And it just made sense. You know what I mean? So we, we got together. And that's where the Brush Brothers came from. Okay. So was your brother's company previous not called Brush Brothers? Like, is it something no, it that wasn't. you guys reopened together? Yeah, no, no it wasn't. He was, he was on his own. So he was Parker's. He was Parker's painting. Um, and he was a sole trader. He worked with my dad. Um, my dad's 74 now, and they worked together. My dad retired. He was a cop. He retired. Um, blimey, when did he retire? Must be, the, he must have been retired 20 odd years. Um, and they were working together under his business. Uh, so I kind of joined them. Okay. So now it's uh, Brush Brothers Painters and Decorators, is it? Painting and decorating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, I, I have spoken with this with English guests in the past. What is the difference between a painter and a decorator? Because I've gotten a few different answers, so I haven't really been able to fully understand the difference. Well, you know what? I, I think some, someone said to me when I first started, um, he's a friend of ours, and he was joking. And he said, you know what? He said, he, do you know what, Nick? If you can piss, you can paint. And I thought, you know what, you might be right, but can you, can you really? And then I started to learn, you know what, anybody can go into uh, B&Q or Home Depot or, or, you know, anywhere, Walmart, pick up a tin of paint, pick up a roller and put it on a wall because they can, because you just can. You can't wire a plug, you can't wire a, a house up, you can't plumb a heating system, but you can pick up paint and a roller and put it on a wall to do it well and to do it with finesse and to do it with a flawless finish, that makes you a decorator. With care, with, you know, seeing out your customer's vision, that makes you a decorator. To, to love somebody's home that they let you in. And that's the difference for me. Right on, okay. So I'm, I'm getting a better understanding. So a painter throws paint on the wall, a decorator takes the time to make sure it's done right. Exactly. No, I'm it was kind of. It's right, though, isn't it? It's right. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I don't know myself because we don't have decorators here, and if we do, there's not many guys that like. I'm Chris's painting. I'm not Chris's painting and decorating. Yeah. So if you're a painter and decorator, like brothers, brush brother painters and decorators, so the person can actually pick. I just want to throw paint on the wall, so I'm going to hire the Brush Brother painting, <laughs> opposed well, to the decorator who's going to. No, I, I know what you mean. I, I get you. Yeah, you know. No, you're right, though. No, you're right. Because, but it's and it's an interesting point because some people you you know, people just want a refresh sometimes, don't they? People just want you to go. Do you know what? Just paint it. And we we fell into the trap of saying to people, well, how far do you want us to go with this project? How far do you, do you, want, do you want us to sand the walls? Do you want us to not only sand the, the, the trim, but do you want us to get it looking new again? And we found out very quickly that, do you know what? It doesn't matter what they said. We do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of, it was a ridiculous and stupid question that we always ask. And do you know what? We still do. 
Yeah, yeah. See, and I'll go into a job and I'll take a look and it's like, I'm not going to ask them, do you want to pull sand these walls? Should we sand these walls before painting? We're just going to sand them. You're going to do it. Yeah, exactly. So I think I'm going to switch my name. I think I'm going to be Chris's decorating services. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about painting, guys. I got to change my whole uniform, my whole logo, my whole everything. We're You're doing just you, fine, Chris. You, you just hurt my, uh, my business name there. <laughs> no way. No way. I'm just messing with you. So how is that? How, how do you find being, like, are you happier not being a cop and focusing yeah. with a brush in your hand? Yeah. Lifestyle is a lot easier. Yeah, You're not having absolutely. those crazy hours the, anymore and stuff. Yeah, you're right, because it's a lifestyle, isn't it? It's a lifestyle choice. And, you know, um, I think you, you quickly learn that you, you get points in your life. And, I mean, I, I'm 44, um, and there's, there's points and significant points in your life where you realize that things are important. Some things aren't important. You know, money isn't the end of the world, but your family and your life and your quality of life, it, it's important. 100%. And that, and that's what resonated with me. And I got to the point where I thought, you know what? I'm not seeing my, my, my son. I'm not seeing, hang on one sec. I'm not seeing my son. I'm not seeing him grow and develop because I'm at work all the time. Um, I'm arguing with, with my, you know, my wife and, and it's not right. So I picked up the brush and we started. I've got, I'm, I'm in control of myself. I'm in control of our work. I'm in control of my working times. I can see my son. I can see my wife. I can see, you know, and it's been an absolute re revelation for me. It's been perfect. Right on. Would you ever pick the badge back up? Is being a police officer ever on the table for a future? I've been asked. I've been asked twice now. Uh, because I was in a specialist unit, um, we went to, sadly, one of my friends died about a month ago. Um, and we met up with a, a few old colleagues and things like that. And they said, you know, do you fancy coming back? We, we could do with you back. And no, no chance. Never going to be a cop happy. again. No, I'm happy. Yeah, after 20 years, I mean, if you put it down, you probably put it down for a good enough reason, right? Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Happy, happy, yeah. key thing right there. So what's your favorite part of owning a small business? Uh, it's pretty much what I've just said. It's the control you have. You control uh, everything from the bottom to the top. You can you control your hours that you work. You control the products that you use. You control within reason, um, well, yeah, within reason, the products you use. But um, you control everything. You control your finish. You control your, your product everything it's, it's down to you and it's down to you as an individual and what you want to give to that customer your clients and uh, and that's what's that's what's brilliant for me when i was in the cops you didn't have control because you were controlled by the government and what they wanted to give now i've got control and it's fantastic it's, it's amazing it's amazing what types of services do you guys offer everything really um do you know do you know um Pete Wilkinson, have you seen that book that he's done, Mr. Fast and Flawless, or How to Become a Decorator? No. I'll post no. you his book. I'll post you his book. It's really good. And you know what? Um, it was a revelation. But in, in answer to your question, we offer everything. Um, we spray. We spray furniture. Uh, we don't spray kitchens uh, at the moment or anything like that. We um, interior, exterior, um, plus, we do, we can 
I mean, recently we've done, uh, we've, we've, we've laid floors, we do plastering. Um, you call it, do you call it a level five finish over there? Or is that an American thing? Yeah, no, we do level five. Yeah, so we do level five finishes on walls and things like that. Um, anything really, basic joinery. I'm not going to say I'm a joiner, but we, we've, you know, we'll have a go. But um, you do know how to use the coping saw in the corners. You're not one of those guys just cutting the angle and just sticking them together no. and say, don't worry, the painter will just cock it or we exactly. as painters will cock it. Oh, boom. Exactly. <laughs> no, we don't butt up. We'll cope it out and we'll scribe it all out. No, yeah, we do all that business. So, yeah, we can offer a wide range of things. Our focus is on our, on our painting and decorating. We, if, if customers ask us to do other things for them while we're in there, whether it be tile in the kitchen, tile in the bathroom, we'll do it. We'll do it okay now you said you don't do kitchen cabinets is there a reason mm. why you don't do cabinets is it like a setup thing you need uh, i think to it's do a it? thing to be honest what's a confidence thing if i'm mm. perfectly honest um we've 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 got we've we, we obviously run an airless system we've got an hvlp system we've got the 9.5 contracts pro which we absolutely love i suppose it is just a, we're struggling at the minute um with getting and I don't know if you've noticed, we're struggling to get paints that work for us uh, when it comes to cabinet finishing or whether it comes to furniture finishing. And it's only of recent. It's only within the past six months that we've found it. Mm. Um, so and we haven't had that many jobs to experiment either. So to go into someone's kitchen, you know, the heart of somebody's house and start, we're not that confident at the moment. Gotcha. Awesome. And do you have uh, employees? No, we don't have any employees. It's literally uh, myself, my brother, Simon, and occasionally my dad when he's not playing golf. I mean, like okay. I said to you before, my dad's 74. He's an absolute legend. Um, he was a cop for 32 years. He's been doing this for 20, and he's still going, and I'm still going strong. So, yeah, there's three of us. That's it, and we're quite yeah. happy. And he can still cut a straight line with a brush and everything else? Oh, he can. You should see him. He's amazing. Yeah. He work, Honestly, he works harder than... I'd take him over any apprentice, any 16-year-old, 18-year-old apprentice. I'd take him every day of the week. He's absolutely fabulous. Right on. Amazing. Awesome. And uh, what's, what's your favorite type of project of all these services that you offer? Because you offer such... And wallpaper, I think you also do, yeah? Oh, so yeah, we do wallpaper. Yeah, we do okay. yeah, the, everything uh, that you can imagine, really. We'll, we'll do it. All right. Uh, and we're good at it as well. Um, favorite project? Um, it's a difficult one, that. I suppose when you're looking at large builds or new builds and things like that, they're quite, um, they're, they're, you're not interacting with a customer, are you? You're interacting with a client or you're interacting with a buyer. So although you can put your, everything into it, it's not the same. So we prefer working for people who, um, not, not even a designer either, we, we work for people and we're people people. So we wanna work for those people who wanna, who want a dream living room or a dream bedroom or whatever. Those are the best products for us, the projects for us, should I say. They're the ones that mean the most to us. So that when that person walks through the door, after they finish work and we finished and they just go, wow. And their eyes are wide. They're the best ones. They give us the best satisfaction completely. Right on. And is there something that you most enjoy the most? 
I enjoy Sprite. Like me, me, I dislike spindles. I say it every week. Oh, spindles. Russian roll on the spindles. I hate them. So, what what is something that you most enjoy of all these different things that you offer? Um, spindles. I agree with you. They are absolutely abhorrent. I hate them. Uh, with Unless your top line Danny, who just joined in, he just happened to join in at the spindle hey, talk time because that's one of his favorite things to do. It is. He <laughs> is the man when it comes to spindles. That last video he did with that staircase, wow, absolutely mint. Um, yeah, you could learn a lot from him. Um, yeah, spindles are hate. Um, best thing, do you know? Do you know? Somewhat, I enjoy cutting straight lines in a ceiling. As weird as that sounds, I love it. Absolutely love it. You know, when you get it just right and you stand back and you think, that, that shit's out that. I like that. Mm. I, love, I love doing things like that. Wallpapering, when you get some wallpaper right and you hang it and it looks brilliant, love that as well. Uh, spraying. I, I, do you know, I mean, I suppose we like what we do. We, we like everything. It's great. You know, I enjoy spraying. I enjoy airless spraying. I enjoy... Um, you know, finishing cabinets with the HVLP and, and things like that. I really do. Um, but yeah, cutting a line, cutting that straight line. And when you get it right, there's nothing better. Yeah. See, wallpaper to me is like cabinets to you. You know, I'm not, I haven't done enough of it to go into somebody's house and start throwing it on the wall. Because yeah. I'm going to mess something up. I'm going to be short. And majority of the stuff comes from your way. So we could wait another eight weeks. If you cut, you know, you're short this much. You got to yeah. tell the client, oh, we'll be back in eight weeks to fix that last <laughs> that drop. Much. Yeah. So it's like, I, I stay away from wallpaper. That's, uh, I don't have enough experience with that. Uh, back in the day, when I worked with a bigger company, uh, one of the bosses, he was amazing at wallpaper. And I helped him a lot. And I should have stuck with that end. I had so many options where I could have stayed with him to do the wallpapering instead of going off and paint. But I love the painting, so I never really got the experience with the wallpaper. Do you get a lot of wallpapering requests, though? You know what? Lately, yes. Really? Year, years prior, far and very seldomly would we get any right. uh, wallpaper requests. And then the other thing is, like, a lot of these wallpaper requests, they're not asking for one wall. It always seems to be a, a powder room, like the little bathroom on the main floor yeah. where there's the vanity or the, the oval sink to go around. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't have the experience to cut that. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, like I, I see uh, a lot of guys out your way doing the wallpaper and a lot of the ladies making it look simple. And it's like, if it were only that simple. Yeah, good. I mean, yeah, good, good ladies and good guys do make it look really easy, don't they? But it's mm -hmm. not. It's not. It takes it takes years of practice. Really. For sure. For sure. So how do you guys market your business? Do you know, we don't. Uh, we don't at all. I mean, we, we've got this IG account. Uh, which I predominantly run, uh, but we'd never have. We never needed to. Um, it's all word of mouth. It's all recommendations. We have our regular clients who we go back to, uh, you know, month after month after month. And we've, we've like I said, we've never needed to. The, I mean, the next step for us uh, is it will be marketing and we'll be expanding the business, which will involve, I mean, we don't even have the van signed up. You know, I mean, it's it's a basic thing, but we don't. And it's because we, we have so much work to start getting, you know, a, a, an all singing, all dancing website and to get the van signed up and to start marketing properly. At the minute, we haven't got the capacity to deal with what would happen if we did market 
aggressively. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. Right. So zero marketing. So everything is word of mouth and your van is not labeled. So it's not like the lady across the road sees you working across the road for a week and is like, exactly. Give you a call. So exactly. do these people just pass your number on or is that lady across the road just happen to see you and like, do people walk up to you neighbors and stuff like that? We, we, we give cards out. So every job that we do, we leave, we leave our business card. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll leave that there. But it literally is word of mouth. So it's it's someone's son, it's someone's daughter, it's someone's grandmother. And then they, you know, they will know somebody. Uh, I, I mean, our where we live, it's a, it's a really close-knit community where we live. So within a couple of mile radius, that's kind of the area that we cover, literally two, three mile radius. So, and everybody knows each other. And everybody knows who they want, who's the best decorator, who, who does this, who's the best carpenter, who's the best joiner. And we, we know joiners who work in the area. We know plasterers that work in the area and people like that. And they recommend us, Do you know, so we get work from them. We get work from, uh, you know, everywhere. And you know, it's great. It's easy. It's cheap. Right on. Yeah, perfect. Hey, if you don't have to spend money on advertising, you can stay busy. That's, you, exactly. you can't beat that, right? You're right. That's, uh, that's the best way. So I know you said that you take care of your company's social media page. So yeah. how does the social media play a role in your business? Um, no, not an awful lot, to be perfectly honest. Not an awful lot. What it does give us is, um, I mean, the, 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 the posts that we make, they're not meant for any kind of accolade. They're not meant for... Uh, you know, we're, we're not patting ourselves on the back as such. We're just saying, look, this is what we do. Um, what IG does for us is it gives us a benchmark. We can look at the decorators and we can look at craftsmen and people who are absolutely on point in the trade. And we can put ourselves, you know, and, and give ourselves a benchmark and say, we're all right, you know, we're doing all right. Or we can look at somebody and go, wow, you know what? That's where we need to be. There's, there's some really, really skilled people out there, whether it be carpentry, joinery, whether it be anything really, but particularly painting and decorating. You look at them and you go, they've gone that far to do that job. That's where we need to be. So we will do that. And it pushes you. And, and every time I look at another post and I think, we should be doing that we should be doing that or we already do that. Do you know what I mean? And so it gives us that, it gives that basis of comparison for other people. And that's what's important. So it's very internal for us as a business. It's not external. It's not about broadcasting who we are necessarily. It's about giving us a benchmark so that we internally can improve our services for our clients. Beautiful. And do you give your clients your IG page and say, hey, have a look at what we've been we doing? Do. Yeah, we do. do. We do. It's on our business card. So we say, you know, when we finish a job or even when we start the job, uh, if we're, you know, uh, proposing or we're putting in a proposal for somebody or a quote, we'll say, look, this is our Instagram account. Check out our work. If you like it, give us a call. And if, and if you, you know, we finish a job, follow us on Instagram and, um, and have a look at, you know, us and other great people out there. Yeah. Instagram, it's, it's a pretty... Pretty wild thing. Pretty wild thing. I, it I is. It is. I, I, I mean, I don't know if you do Facebook. We don't do Facebook. I don't like Facebook at all. 
I did the Facebook thing in the past before IG really came a thing to me. I know mm. IG was already around, but it wasn't uh, on my radar at that point. And, you know, I was in some of the groups and stuff like that. And I had some fun in there. I'm not going to lie. Like there was, there were some, a lot of good guys there, but a lot of idiots too. Guess a bit a lot bitchy, of people that it? will just smash you. Like, I don't know if yeah. you've ever posted anything where anyone has ever actually left a negative comment. I have not. I, I don't think I've ever seen a negative comment on anything that I've posted or on anyone else's posts. No. But on Facebook, you post something, if you're going to get 100 comments, there's going to be a few of them that are going to be just out there to make you yeah. look stupid and that they're the best. Exactly. Um, so and it's I really like that. And then, you know, some of the way that these some of these groups are ran and their leaders, let's say, or the owner of the group that are half can brain dead, so to speak, and make all yeah. these rules and they don't follow their own rules. You know, so it's yeah. like, you know what, you just contradict everything that you put out there. And the mediators, I know some of the mediators are pretty good, but they just have to follow what the other guys do. And I say, you know what, I very, very, very rarely go to Facebook. Um, we're the same we just do we stay away from it i just don't like it because you're right because as soon as you post something and go you know this, this is us this is who we are and they will they will smash you like you say mm. something and you think why yeah tape off some floors you know and, and post that you've taped off some floors you're gonna get 50 people in 10 minutes saying i could have freehanded that way quicker and it would have looked way better <laughs> yeah guaranteed exactly. guaranteed especially when it comes to tape they, someone on, on but you put tape on ig and everybody's asking what, what tape you got there exactly everyone yeah. loves it yeah you put it on facebook and they go oh so you can't you, you need to tape it you can't freehand mm-hmm Really? You know, and, and yeah, I, I, I haven't spoken about the whole tape thing in a long time, but I never used to use tape. I was one of those guys back in the day, you know, we that, didn't. that would say, I don't need tape. I could freehand that. I was that guy. Yeah. You know, and then I started finding these edge locking tapes and I was like, you know, there's nothing like a tape line. No matter how good my hand is, there's nothing like a tape. Like, no. I don't tape ceilings off. If I, up against the crown or up against the ceiling, that's no. all freehand. I have a yeah. straight hand. I am a decorator, not a painter. I'm a decorator now. So I'm, I'm a decorator, it. right? So my hand is straight. I don't need the tape for the top. Um, yeah. Coming down an accent wall, if I got a black wall behind me, I'm not going to tape the corners. Uh, if the corner is a little bit banged up, I might. Yeah, you it, might. But yeah. chances are it's going to be a freehand because on my second coat, I'm going to straighten it out. Whether it's yeah. going on this wall or that wall, it's going to look perfectly straight by the time I finish faking it out, right? So, but yeah, I, I was that guy, the whole tape thing. But that's the thing with Facebook is that there's a lot of people that just, I don't know why there's such a big difference between the two. I have no idea. Same, same brand. Yeah. yeah. Like it's I, weird, I, isn't I've it? I've personally seen guys that have spoken a bunch of crap on Facebook, but come here and they're the nicest people. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? I have no idea. No, I don't either. I have no, no idea. But uh, Nick, what do you feel has been your biggest success this far? Ooh, so personally speaking, um, me and my brother tend to, we tend to split jobs every now and again. Um, so recently we've been working in, we, we, we won a bid for a nine four-story new builds and they were big they were all five bedroomed each of them had an ensuite bathroom uh, they all wanted a spray finish and we were due to start in june this year 
obviously the COVID bollocks that that didn't help things uh, but it was meant to be a 13 week turnaround i finished it two days ago so my biggest achievement and my biggest smile on my face that i've had since i started this job was to put the spray machine back in the van shut the doors and wave goodbye to that place finally it was hard it was really difficult i mean just to without boring you to death it was meant to be um it was all drywall uh, which we knew about but it was all meant to be um white door casings white trim um it was meant to be empty we were meant to go in spray it top to bottom bosh onto the next one we got there on the first day they'd installed these pre-hung doors which were fitted to anthracite door casings, which needed the architrave on the outside painting white. So bear in mind in these houses, there was 24 doors in each house. So every single one of those architraves needed taping up. They'd already installed the kitchens, which were high-end kitchens. They'd installed the bathrooms, which were high-end bathrooms. So you can imagine from walking into what we thought was going to be a bare shell that we just needed to spray to that, that's why it's taken us six months instead of 13 weeks so to say goodbye to that and say that you know what as me personally who did it um i was chuffed to bits absolutely chuffed to bits the other day so right on so when you bid on something for 13 weeks but it ends up taking six months tell me you were compensated tell me there was some renegotiating there definitely definitely so i mean the day we walked in we said look this this has changed this has changed. So we we negotiated at the time. We said, look, the, these door casings, what we did was we, we timed how long it would take to tape up each door casing. As boring as it was, uh, we did. So we taped up each door casing, we taped up the doors, uh, we taped up the bathrooms, and we timed each one. Because we're not, we're an honest company. We're not just going to say, do you know what, it's going to cost you thousands without any backup. So... So we did, we timed everyone, and we said, the door cases are going to take, I don't know, half an hour per door to tape up. Bathrooms are going to take another half an hour. Uh, kitchens are going to take an hour. Uh, and then we submitted that, and they said, you know what, yeah, okay, we'll have it. So we had all these extras, plus, um, plus repainting the, the anthracite door casings afterwards. They were all extra, so that was negotiated, all agreed, absolutely fine, no problem at all. Um, the, the overspend on that build was massive. We're talking like quarter of a million plus, maybe £300,000 plus. Easy. Wow. Because of the pl the poor planning. The, the drywall, oh my God, you should have seen it. It was horrific. And still is horrific. I walked away from it two days ago and it's still horrific. But crazy. You can do, can't you? Yeah, it's, it is definitely crazy. Do you guys offer any kind of warranty to your clients? Yeah, we always do. We always do. We never set it down in stone. We never say, look, you know, we'll give you 12. Well, we do. We say, we'll give you 12 months, 12 months on the work. Um, but because a lot of our work and a lot of our clients are local, we just say to them, look, if you've got any problems, even if, I mean, a lot, you'll know, if, if, you get, um, if you get a build or a job that requires carpets being fitted after you've been in there, you can guarantee that the carpet fitters will smash your skirting boards or the trim. Mm -hmm. 
or baseboards you call them, don't you? You'll, they'll smash the baseboards and they'll chip and, and things will happen. So we always say to them, look, whatever happens after, you know, in the next 12 months, we'll come back and sort it. It's not a problem at all. Um, and yet that's just what we do. And like I said to you, if, if we do know they're getting a carpet fitted next week and the paint's not going to be cured properly and it does chip, we'll go back and we'll sort it. It's not a problem. Yeah, and those carpet guys always seem to be the sweatiest guys, and you know they're going to lean into the wall. And of course they do. Sweat marks on the fresh paint. Yeah, right? exactly. So there's, there's, we sort it. Yeah, we actually just went in. It's it's very seldom that we have to work with carpet. Most stuff over here is uh, hardwood, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but there was a, a resale house that we did the other week, and they changed the carpet on the stairs after we had painted. So it didn't go over the nosing. So it just kind of went, the old carpet uh, come down and straight in on a little bit of an angle. It didn't get underneath the nose yeah. like that. So when they put the new one, they had put it proper. So, of course, there's all the old green paint to where the white paint is. So that was, uh, it, yeah. And, you know, again, the guy was sweaty. So touching up the walls, going up the stairs and everything else. But, uh, yeah. Tell me about your best customer service experience. Best customer service experience. Well, I mean, we have quite a few, to be honest. I mean, I suppose there isn't necessarily a standout one. I mean, don't get me wrong. We don't we don't get clients coming to us when we finish a job and, and we, we open the door like you see on the television. They open the door and they start crying because it's so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, you get you get the usual. I mean, we, we have, like I said, we have regulars who we look after. We did one a couple of weeks ago and we did a, the bedroom for them and we sprayed, um, we sprayed all the furniture in there, all the wardrobes and the, the like, sideboards and things like that we we did the walls the ceilings the covings the window sills we, we relayed the floor for them and we said to them we weren't going to let them see it until we'd actually finished it and and the, they were absolutely made up and the guy came in and he said i can't believe it's like a different house and he said oh you know you've worked so hard you've done this you've done that he said it is 20 quid it's 20 pounds see you here 20 quid so you go and get yourself a beer and that was that's the recent one that was that was a couple of weeks ago and it's nice isn't it it's yeah, nice sure. when when people walk in and they're so pleased with what you've done and you've changed the house because you know i mean it, it's it's one of those things isn't it you you're privileged to be allowed in somebody's house their house is their castle isn't it for sure. That's what they've paid and worked all the life for. And they're employing you to go in and make it look better. So you better make it look better. Um, and we do. And it works. And it's nice when you do it. Right on. So when he gave you that extra 20 quid or 20 pounds, what the hell is 20 quid versus 20 it's, pounds? It's okay, so like us saying, you know, $20. $20, 20, 20 bucks. bucks. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay. Because I talked to... Uh, Nathan from Nice Decor a lot, and he says yeah. quid all the time. Sometimes he says quid, sometimes pound. So I just figured it was like <laughs> the difference between cents and pence, and who knows. He's but, cool. But did did you get the beer? T did I get the beer? Too right, I got the beer. <laughs> Dead right. Uh, I know you guys have those big, huge, tall. What are the, what are they called? Yards. Oh, yards of ale. Is that, is that what it is? Yards of ale. The yard the, of ale. It is. That's a rite of passage, that. So when you get to 18 years old, and uh, my son's only 14, but when he gets to 18 years old, he's going to have a yard of ale, which I'm not sure how many pints it is. I think it's about three or four pints. Someone will correct me on it. It's oh. allowed. But it's like a big bell bottom. You've seen them, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, With yeah, yeah. 
it's like a massive vase for plants. Yeah. And off you go. Down it's in one. Like, oh, it is a down in one. So you're not oh, able yeah. to sit it. Don't sit it down. It's got to go in one shot. One shot. That's all you've got. That's and it invariably ends up all over your clothes, all over your face and all over your hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. I, didn't, I wasn't aware that it had to go down in one shot. That's a lot of beer to go down in one shot. Where, I, well, yeah, where, where I live it is. <laughs> I know what are what are our tall cans? I think they're uh, seven hundred and ten millimeters, so you know, like three quarters of a liter. Um, yeah, I I could do those in one, but there's a big burp afterwards and a yeah, lot of foam. That's a pint, isn't it? What yeah, we I'm not we even sure. of, yeah, yo yo metric, aren't you? So yeah, we'll say we'll say a pint. We're, we're yeah. confused, is what we are. We are confused because we're supposed to use centimeters, but we use inches, and we're supposed to use millimeters, and I don't. I I honestly, I'm confused. I know. It, well, we're meant to be metric. We're meant to go metric now. So we're meant to talk in milliliters and mm -hmm. centimeters and meters, but we still use inches, yards, and all the rest of it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's crazy. Right on. Can you explain how you evaluate each job and why you may turn down a project? Uh, we rarely turn down projects. Um, uh, not because we're desperate for work, but because even though a job may seem insurmountable or it may seem a little bit tough or whatever, we, we're in the business of helping people. We're in the business of helping people achieve the dreams and the homes. So we will try and help them. We will price it accordingly and we will explain to them the process, processes that we go to. We have to. Um, some decorators don't. Uh, or some painters don't, and some painters will say, yeah, we'll do it, and we'll put paint on that wall, and we'll pa paint on that wall. We'll explain to them the process that we go to. We will sand this, we'll prep this, we'll fill this, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and that's what we do. Um, yeah, so we rarely turn down jobs. Um, the, way we, the way we quote for jobs is we work out how, we, we know how long it's going to take us to paint a door side. We know how long it's going to paint uh, a room full of trim and emulsion walls and ceilings and things like that and when we've got those timings down so we know how long things are going to take so and we just price it accordingly that's all mm. and you know that that's you said one of the most important things and that's explaining to the client yeah what you're going to be doing in order to achieve the finish that you're going to get because yeah. a lot of homeowners that know nothing we know our jobs so we know what we're going to do they yeah. have no idea so start to justify, guys who aren't explaining, justify why your price is what it is. Yeah. Because a lot of people literally think, like you had said earlier, you just stop over at the big box store, grab a brush, a roller, and slap some paint on the wall. Exactly. You know what I mean? But they have no idea, you know, all these little holes. If they're not home and you see all these little dings on the wall, you're filling these. They have no idea that they're even there because they've never even seen them before. Of course they haven't. You know, so by the time they come home, this room is already finished and they don't know what you had to go through to achieve that finish. So that is one of the most important things. It's for massive. It's huge. Explain in detail. I'm a talker as it is. So I love to explain what yeah. I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't care if I drive the person crazy. It's just all about justifying why I'm charging you what I'm charging you. Yeah, you've, you've got to do it. I mean, we ask, you know, have you, have you, had, have you had decorators in the past? Have you had tradesmen in the past? What did what did you expect from them? And and you kind of you you need to gauge their expectations. But equally, um, 
some people didn't listen to the response that they got from that previous tradesman. Do you know what I mean? So you do, you're right. You've got to explain to them the processes that we're going to follow to get to that perfect wall, to get to that perfect room. You have to. Otherwise, you're dead right. Because when they're at work and you've been spending all day filling all those little tiny holes everywhere and then sanding it down and then painting it, and they go, oh, that looks nice. Mm -hmm. well, no, it's no, like... To get there. Yeah, it's like the old wainscoting. You know, if you have the old wainscoting going through and it's all stained and they want it painted, they don't realize that when it's stained, all those cracks that are there, they don't realize all of that has to be caulked. Yeah. They have no idea. No. So when it's going to take you three or four days just on the prep alone, setting yeah. it down, caulking it, filling all the little dents because it's a 120-year-old wainscoting oh. that was never painted, you know, and you don't see that through stain, I have to explain it. It's like, I, I have to let them know. This is why this is what, what we're going you through. do You do. And it, it's also difficult to explain to, to clients that 70%, maybe even more, 80% of our job is prep. Mm -hmm. And they don't get it. Half the time, you know, they'll, they'll think, well, hang on a minute, they're dragging the feet here, these lads. They're, you know, they're, they're not really moving much on. But you've done three days, like you say, you've done three days with the prep, corking, filling all the rest of it. And then all of a sudden they'll come back from, from work one day and it's all painted up and finished. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. All right, let's move on here. Any big plans in the near future? Um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, we've got kind of, we've got like a 12 month plan, business plan. We've got a five year business plan and other plans, which will just bore you to death further down the line. But Within the next 12 months, we're looking to um, take on an apprentice. We need an apprentice because of the amount of work we've got. We've discussed whether or not to get on board an experienced painter and decorator. We've shied away from that a little bit and we want to get into somebody who we can mold into the way that we work and build, you know, kind of, get our our work ethics into them uh, i've got a teaching qualification so that's great for me so uh, the way that our, our apprentices work over here is perfect because i can tick all their boxes for them when they go to college and when they do all the bits and pieces um so that's our first thing that's our 12-month plan apart from getting the van signed up which we are doing mm -hmm. so yeah um, then five years, we're looking to grow the business even more. We're looking to grow it with getting some more people on board, whether that be more experience, so that um, myself and Simon can start a little bit to take a step back. Uh, we'll still be on the brushes, we'll still be working, and we'll still be working hard. Um, but that's the way we want to go. We want to start introducing more people in in a in a in a measured way over the next two to three years um, to start building the business that way. Right on. And do you guys do any of the dustless sanding? Have you gotten to that yet? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, one of the, yeah, that's, that's a game changer. That's, that is, um, it's one of those things that it's absolutely revolutionized the way that we work. And I'm sure millions of decorators and painters around the world i mean we we have two festivals so we have two festival we have a ctl and a ctm midi um we have two of those um we use the merca predominantly <clears throat> excuse me we have festival uh, but we have the festival uh, dust extraction systems and they are absolutely 
game changers. We love it. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. I love, I love my festival. I love my festival a hundred percent. Yeah. But uh, it's an addiction. It's like a very, very, very strong addiction. I'll say it is. Well, I I mean, well, yeah, Simon's the same to be honest, but I'm like a magpie. So as soon as something new comes out, it's just like shiny. I just need it. I have to try this, whatever it is. I've got to try it. I love it. I just love kit. But anything to make your life... I mean, it's not kit for the sake of buying kit, is it? It's its buying kit that's going to improve your life and improve your experience and, and make your life easier. And at the end of the day, providing the client with the best possible results. Yeah, for sure. But what, what I'm saying, it's an addiction. Like, I'm buying Festool tools that I will probably never use. <laughs> probably never use. Like, I don't need... Uh, <laughs> What's the one that I, I don't even know what the one is called, a RAS or something for scabbing and stuff. It's very rare that I ever have to scab anything. But you know what? You're it never going to use it, are you? Festool never goes on sale. Very rare. So when I saw that on sale, I was like, got to have it. One day I might use it for what? I don't know. But uh, maybe maybe I'll get to be a carpenter or something. Our garage is full of stuff. I mean, apart from the Festool stuff, we've got a lot of DeWalt stuff. Our garage is full of DeWalt stuff. And half of it, it looks brand new. Mm. It's only mm. been used once or twice. I'll tell, tell you what I was looking at the other day. Um, have you seen that Merca denibbing tool? It's like, no. a little, it's like a little block of steel with a little lanyard on it for taking nibs off whatever, you know, just paint nibs and things like that. I think it's about, over here it's $45, uh, 45 pounds, 45 quid. And I thought, I've just got to have it. But it's, it's like that big. It's literally, mm. I haven't got one. I can't justify it. But it's things like that. I just love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Some, some things like, uh, you know, I have so many nine-in-ones. So, so many nine-in-one, five-in-one, 11-in-one, 12-in-one. Yeah. They're all different ones. But uh, there was a Festool one at Atlas Tools down the road from me here. Oh, no. And I bought not. it. I, I, I bought it. You know, just because it said Festool and uh, the first time I went to use it, I bent the tip. So it's, it's no longer good for anything except taking paint out of a roller. That's about <laughs> it. You know, it is the cheapest, crappy. Now, mind you, thankfully, it didn't have that typical Festool price or I wouldn't have bought it. It was reasonably yeah. priced. And I thought, you know what? Let's go for it. I shouldn't have used it. It was kind of my fault. But had I used my Purdy one or my Richard one, for what I was doing, it wouldn't have bent on the tip. The Festool one bent, broke my heart. Now it's a roller cleaner, and that's about it. I have the Purdy one in my pocket every single day. Yeah. So yeah, good. I got I, I got so many Purdy ones. There's one sitting right here where it shouldn't even be. But <laughs> uh, let's talk about your favorite brush. Do you have a favorite brush? Yeah. Um, in fact, I've got two. So the first one is a Stylemeister round sash brush. Uh, I bought the first one I bought of these was around about 12 months ago. And I, I don't know if you've used them, but oh my God, it is an absolute game changer. If if you're not taping trim and you're just cutting in trim, they're, they're unbelievable. The amount of paint they hold in just a little set of bristles is unreal. It's, I love it to bits. We've got loads of them on the van. Um, so that's my first one, the Star Mesa round sash brush. So, one sec there, Nick. So, round as in the typical Stahlmeister round? So, the, if, you, if you imagine the tips, so you have a, um, a sash brush, which is pointed, which yeah. looks like that. 
the yeah. round one is 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 more like that. Okay. Okay. Um, so a, yeah. a normal brush. It's not one of those Stahlmeister round ones. Like oh, it this, is. Oh no, it's round. Yeah, it's round. It is so, round, but it's but it's cut on a sash. I've not yeah. seen one of those. Yeah, they're really, really good. Really good. Uh, the second one is um, for for cuttings. I I like a stiff bristle when I'm doing cuttings. Um, I don't like a soft bristle. So Proform Picasso. You know the you might. I don't know if you have them over there. Uh, if you've not, I'll send you one. But they're they're like an orange filament mm -hmm. um, with an American handle on, but um, either a one and a half inch or a two inch stiff angle cut over angle cut um, uh, head on them. Absolutely love those for cutting in. They hold so much paint because they're oval, obviously, mm -hmm. and with the angle on them, you can get right into the corners. But it cuts such a straight line. They're absolutely fantastic. Those are my two yeah. favorites. Yeah, we, we have the Picassos. That was my favorite brush for a long time. I've spoken about this before. I changed paint brands, uh, so I didn't have access to the Picassos as much. But I use the uh, two and a half oval sash. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, that was, But that, that was a soft, so I don't know if there's stiff version of that brush, because that yeah, was a really soft brush. Like, I love a soft brush. Yeah. I love soft. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, if you want, if you if you're painting, if you're doing, you know, corners and you're doing things like that, you need a soft brush because you you don't get the the, the same striping, do you, or, or roping or whatever. But for cutting in, I prefer, I do like a nice stiff brush, and I, I find you can get the bristles really sitting tight to the corners um, with a with a with a stiff brush or a stiff bristle, should I say? They're called the uh, the chisel. That's what they're called. Profound okay. Picasso chisel. That's what they're called. And what about when it comes to sleeves, roller sleeves? Do you have a go-to brand for those? Yeah. Um, we used Purdy White Doves for a while. Um, and you can't go wrong with them. The only problem with a Purdy White Dove is we found they're just expensive. Very expensive. Very nice uh, roller. Yeah. Too expensive. They are. They are. Um, so we, we use Ham uh, Do you have Hamilton? No. I, no. I know Hamilton, but we don't uh, have Hamilton. Yeah, so we use Hamilton. Um, we use Hamilton rolls, and we use them all the time. We don't have any problems with uh, with them whatsoever. Uh, we've tried a few. We've, we've tried quite a few. Um, we've not tried an awful lot, though, to be honest, because you kind of stick to what you know, don't you? Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. it's performing for you, then, you, you you know, you don't you don't go elsewhere sometimes. Um, as far as four-inch rollers go, We'll stick with the Hamilton because you can get a nice thick Hamilton four inch rollers when you're cutting in and rolling it out. On the for trim, started using um, the two fussy blokes. Mm. They're very good. That's the, what I was going to say. That's what I was waiting for you to finish up when you said about those other rollers. Try those fussy blokes. Yeah, they're very very good. The extra short pile on those. If you're doing if you're doing window boards or you're doing trim the finish you can get with waterborne paints anyway mm -hmm. um are absolutely mint really yep, it's I, I, to me it's one of the closest to a spray finish Definitely. from a roller that it i've is. been able to to find for sure i mean the some of the purdy ones uh i think they were the doves as well um and one of the microfibers from purdy leaves a really nice finish as well but those those two fussy bloke ones are 
very nice. Brilliant. And I'm and I'm not a microfiber. I know some guys love their microfibers. I'm not big on microfibers, but those two fussy blokes, man, they changed my mind. And they had sent me, I I want to almost say like a crate. I don't even want to call it a box, but they sent me so many. I gave away quite a bit on the show, and uh, I have some here, and I have some at the shop. And anytime we pull out the four inch, it's it's definitely going into that. The only thing that I found was, you know, nine inches is supposed to be nine inches across the world. Yeah. But it it's not. For some reason, your nine inches is different than our nine inches to the Aussie nine inches because I've got so many different rollers sent to me. Like those fussy bloke rollers do not fit on my nine inch cage, on my nine inch frame. They don't <laughs> fit. No. So when I use, uh, and then I think they had an odd size and you may have those two at 10 inch. See, we typically go, without going into the small ones, we typically here in North America, Canada at least, go 9, 14, 18. So, so we go, yeah, 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 we're pretty much saying we go 9, 12, 14, I think. Yeah, I think, I think 14, yeah, and then 18, yeah. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, the only way that I'm able to use some of those bigger fussy bloke rollers is uh, with my Purdy cage, expandable cage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just put the yellow caps in and away I go. So it Boom. doesn't matter if it's too big, too small, whatever. And then Nice Decor had sent me, you guys must have a couple different thicknesses of the rollers as well, because I think uh, it's right here, actually. Let's see. This guy, the Fusion, the Ice Fusion. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. This is way too big. Don't like him. No, it doesn't feel like, I don't feel like I would like it. The way that it feels very, very firm. But you know, it, it, the hole is too big. See that? See the the hole on those is the same is the same diameter that we have for our cages over here. But <clears throat> I was really excited about those because you look at the packaging and you look at everything. You think these are going to be awesome. Yeah. Now, I, I used it to roll a ceiling. Me and brother got we got we got two rollers out and we started rolling a ceiling. And he's going, "Oh, it's all right." This and I said, "You know what?" I couldn't. I rolled a couple of rolls and I couldn't use it. Threw it away. Horrible. Really? Eh? So all of your uh, rollers are are that size, eh? Yeah, that's our typical nine inch. With that, so with that, with that, that bore in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eh? Wow. This is this was like way too big. This would not. It, it was like probably a half inch too big. I'm not sure of the diameter of the internals on them, but yeah. <clears throat> this is uh, inch and three quarters, so we must be yeah. inch and a half is my guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what we have, yeah. Yeah, well, that's pretty well. I, I wasn't aware of that until I got this here. But also, this also says nine inches. So again, our nine inches is bigger than the UK nine inch <laughs> because... Even though the hole was too big, I was still able to get it on my cage and it went right. Chris, like it's it. not the size that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else do we have here? Let's talk about some of your hobbies. What do you do in your free time? Uh, mountain biking. Do a lot of mountain biking. Um, really enjoy that. Me and my son and my, and my wife, we all go out. Um, got a group of really good lads that we go mountain biking with. Um, I mean... Ideally, we we keep talking our, in our bucket list. We need to go to Whistler, um, you know, the bike park there. You know, when the snow clears and they turn it into a bike park, that is our dream to go on one of them. But yeah, loads of mountain biking. Right on. Do you follow uh, XC Painter? X 
biker? Uh, I think I do, yeah. He's out watching it. He's got some crazy mountain bike videos. He goes <laughs> down those. Because uh, he's just, I think, just uh, south of BC, British Columbia, you have yeah. Washington State. So he's somewhere there in Washington State. So very similar setup to, to uh, BC and Alberta and stuff like that when it comes yeah. to mountains and stuff so he's he his some of his videos it's like Woo, i just turn my head he's whipping down so oh, okay. if you don't follow him give him some of his videos a watch it's, it's i will crazy. yeah i can't i can't i'm sure i do but I, I just, by what you've explained there i can't I mustn't do i mustn't do yeah all right what's some advice that you have for our fellow painters out there what's some good advice that you may have Ooh. um keep it clean Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be clean. Um, when you the, fir the first moment you walk through somebody's door, be clean. So if that means putting a drop cloth out whilst you're walking through their house, be clean. Whether you're sanding skirting boards, hoover it up. Always, after every step of your process, stay clean all the time. Because one of the worst enemies for me as a decorator is dust, is dust, contaminants, is grit, is bloody electrician's cable or a carpenter's bits of wood everywhere. Stay clean. So whatever you do, keep it clean all the time. Always have rags, always have a hoover or a vacuum and stay clean. I know what a Hoover is. You don't have to say vacuum. Do <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you have the little Henry? <laughs> I've got Henry. The best thing in the world. I, I don't know. Is that a little UK thing? It's only the UK guys I see with Henry. Yeah, I think it is. I don't know where they come from, the Henrys. I don't know if they're a UK company or they're from abroad, but um, but they're they're awesome. They're absolutely superb. They're only about that big. Yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen them uh, with the little eyes, and then I guess yeah. where the hose goes in. It's supposed to be his uh, mouth area they, or whatnot. They've got a whole family of them. They've got Henry he uh, Henrietta. They've got Charles. They've got all sorts of bloody stupid things. Right on. All right. Well, we're heading into the second hour here, and I know it's 11 o'clock for you, coming up to 11 o'clock. So we'll try to blow through some of these viewer questions. Now, I have a bunch of new ones. I didn't get a chance to write them all down yet. So next week, we'll follow up with the rest of them. But we'll start with some of the uh, new questions here. So cool. Fox Painting, Todd out of New York. Being painters, we all have made mistakes and learned from them. What is one mistake that you have made and how did you learn from it? <laughs> uh, do you know what? One of the biggest, and I've done it a few times, is you know when you've painted a ceiling completely white and you're cutting in a really deep, rich, bold blue, for example, and you've just cut in a nice line at the top and you're just rolling it out just to get all the brush marks out the top and you roll it and your brother or whoever shouts you for something and you roll straight onto the ceiling onto a fresh white ceiling and you've got to do that patch of the ceiling again this and every time now i'm cutting in a cutting in a line or a bold color against a white ceiling every single time i always think of that time that my brother shouted me and i ended up going on the ceiling so yeah it's always that always for me simple but right. there you go all right Justin Peters painting out here in London, Ontario. So just oh. west west of me here in Toronto. Road from you? Yeah, not London, England. Just no, no, yeah, just London. down the road, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, right on. Uh, he wants to know, where's the wildest place you've painted? Wildest place? Wow. <clears throat> so this job that we've had in Manchester recently, I spoke earlier about the uh, nine-story new builds in Salford. Salford's in Manchester. Salford's notorious in Manchester for being a little bit um, similar to, I suppose, and I don't want, I don't know enough about them, but similar to your projects over over in Canada and America and what have you. Um, <laughs> we've been painting there. We've had the other day I was there, and there's just BMW absolutely screaming down the road, scream to a halt. Um, guy shouting and bawling, woman shouting and bawling. She gets thrown out of the side of the car. He gets out of the side of the car, starts pointing at her. She's throwing her shoes and jugs of all sorts at him over the car bonnet. That shoots off. Um, we had <laughs> the, the installed, because it's a bit of a, a dodgy area, they had some uh, high-tech CCTV installed in there over the, um, on this particular site they were working at. We kept, that was installed on the Friday. We came in on, on the Monday and the CCTV system had been stolen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So at that moment, did your cop instinct be like, oh, man, if I only had my badge or are you just glad that badge no, was gone? No, no chance. No, I just laughed. <laughs> yeah. Some of those domestics, it's like, oh boy, you don't want to be involved with it. Cops no, not. do not get involved in anything like that. No. So yeah, so that's that was a pretty wild place. All right. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let's stick out here in my neck of the woods. We'll go up to, and I think he is here actually. Marlo from Nico Interiors. Who is your hero? Um, um, I've got three heroes. So I've got my dad. My dad's my, you know, my hero. And I'll qualify that. I'll qualify that by saying he, was, he worked as a cop for 32 years. He joined us uh, as a cadet when he was 18. He's been painting for the past 22 years. He's 74 years old. And he can still outwork most people. He's my hero. Um, other two heroes are my two grandfathers. My granddad Les and my granddad Bob. My granddad Les, he was an artist. Um, he was, he worked in construction in, in what have you. He was an amazing man. And my other grandfather, he was also an amazing man, strong, strong will determined. And he was an electrician. Um, they're my three heroes. Right on. All right. Moving on. If you could live anywhere, where would you choose? And this is also for Marlo. Well, I kind of touched on it before. With mountain biking and things like that, I'd like to live somewhere near the mountains. But I'd also like to live somewhere... I, I'm not one for just pure sun 24-7. I like seasons. Over in Britain, we're kind of losing our seasons. So the winters become summer some days, and summer feels like winter some days, where it seems... And I might be wrong. You can answer this question for me. But certainly in the west of Canada where you've got the views, you've got the hills, the mountains, you've got the seasons where it's really cold, really nice and bright and sunny. That'd be ideal for me. Anywhere over there, that'd be fine. Mm -hmm. 
until you get those days where it's like minus 40 degrees Celsius. <laughs> yeah, you and, see. You, know, you, 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 you start your van with your car starter before going out 15 minutes later. You get out there and the window is still frosted and you got to get out <laughs> the snow brush and take 40 centimeters of snow off to find out that they haven't plowed your road. So you're not leaving your goddamn street because you didn't buy a farm. It's, it's not as great as a season. Okay, Maldives then. Three seasons. That's all I need. I hate winter. <laughs> I, hate, I don't mind so much the snow. I don't like the cold. We actually got hit, uh, what is Saturday? What, I don't even know what day it is today. Tuesday. So I think it was on uh, Saturday or Sunday, one of the two. My short-term memory is gone. But we got hit with 20 centimeters, 19.4 centimeters of snow. And we were only supposed to get, and it's early for snow in Toronto. Um we were only supposed to get one centimeter and then it was supposed to switch the rain, but that temperature held just below zero, kept it snow and almost yeah. twenty centimeters. But you but you get you get snow over there, you get twenty centimeters of snow. We'll get three centimeters of snow and our country grinds to the hole. It can't cope because people can't drive. The the, the the you know the local authorities and things like that can't clear the roads quick enough. And our country just grinds to a complete stop. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, a lot of times I watch the news and I even see places like Tennessee, man, they get like a half a centimeter of snow and they yeah. close the school. They close the schools down yeah. for a half a centimeter of snow. But I mean, yeah. if, you know what, if you're not used to it, you're not used to it. True. You know what I mean? It's like good, good set of snow tires and a uh, nice warm jacket. Fall before, good. off you go. But it, it's, it, it's just those really cold days. I mean, we get through them. It's just that change. Like, you know, we just had an extremely hot winter where... It seemed like almost for two months straight. It probably wasn't two months straight, but at least 30 plus days in a row, we were pushing yeah. 40, de 40 degrees plus the humidity. It was That's a brutal hot winter. Hot winter, hot uh, summer. Yeah, yeah. Then you start getting into fall and it stayed pretty warm and then boom, it hits you. There's no gradually, you know, you're coming down from 40 and it starts hitting into the 20s and to the low teens. And it's just, you know, one day you could be 20 plus 20. The next day, it could be minus 15 with a wind chill of minus 22. That's how it works. So three seasons is good. But I do understand uh, where you're going with that one. All right. Let's stick with uh, Marlo. We'll, we'll blow through a few of his questions. What would you change about yourself if you could? Ooh. I think sometimes... Uh, um... That's difficult, that one. I bottle things up too much. You know when things start irritating you and irritate you and irritate you and irritate you? And I think it comes from being a cop. You, I take on board too much and it saturates me completely, do you know what I mean? To a mm. point where um, I'll just snap and completely go off the handle. So I'll take, I'll take abuse all day off anybody. I'm really thick-skinned, and I will do. But there comes a point where that straw, that last little straw on the camel's back, and that's me finished. I've been more. I need to learn to be more, um, more candid every day. More candid in the way I speak to people, and just get things off my chest more readily. Because, mm -hmm. because I, I do. I'll take on board too much, too much from too many people, and too many people that don't really mean anything to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Either that or, or people should just stop pissing you off and you have nothing to change. <laughs> yeah. <that'd help. laughs> Don't pull that last straw on your yeah. back, right? 
All right, well, you know what? Let's 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 go with one more random one from Marlo. Yeah, go. What makes you angry? What what really makes you angry? Um, electricians, joiners, and sloppy plasterers. There's three. Mm-hmm. Need us any decorator out there will know exactly what I mean because if I if I had if I had a pound for every single Henry bag that I'd filled up with um, bits of wood from a joiner that's just chiseled off a door or bits of wire from an electrician or plaster dust that I've chipped off someone's window frame, I could probably stack all those Henry bags up and walk across them to see you in person to chat. So yeah, those three people. Yeah, and you know what? I am not surprised because uh, I didn't know where that question was going. It, it didn't really dawn on me that we should be talking about these other trades because it's totally true. Plumbers, electricians, carpenters, there's, you name it. I don't know if any of those trades, like would any of those trades have a reason to hate us? Do we do anything that can let them get no, pissed off? We can't, can we? Because we're the ones who make them look good. 100%. Because we are. So why, why would they know that and still leave all the shit everywhere mm-hmm. you know you know when they're putting spotlights up in ceilings and just throw all the boxes that they're in all over the floor for us to clean up so we can spray or sit there you know wiring a plug up and just dropping the wires on the bloody top of skirting boards and, and baseboards why i had a guy there the other week a, a electrician who i i bring we have this pop-up garbage can it you know collapses a lot of guys have them um just pop it up we throw the contractor bag in and all of our garbage on site is normally pretty light stuff it's empty rolls of tape or you know balls up of paper some old plastic that we ripped down from somewhere we don't really have heavy stuff so we squish that down pull it out stick it in the truck and one electrician decided that you know in the seven or eight lights that he was changing he's just gonna throw all the old fixtures into my bin (laughs) and he jammed it in there and we couldn't get the bag out. I had to em- take all the, the things out so that I can get the bag out without ripping my my fabric uh, container. I'd have, I'd have dumped it in his truck. Yeah, you know, I, I bit my tongue and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to get into it. Because he was a cool guy, but I was like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm joking. Well, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm absolutely deadly serious about that. But, I mean, I've got some electricians who are, who are good friends of mine. And joiners are good friends of mine as well. And, you know, the, the great people. But, um, yeah, one thing that angers me is attention to detail. There's one for you. Lack of detail and lack of finesse. That's what annoys me. Right on. And it goes into, it goes into what electricians do and what plumbers do and, and some decorators and what have you. All right. Well, Marlo is my hero because Marlo sent me the most questions. He has too many, so we're going to go with one more of his, and that is going to be... What motivates you to work hard? Um, what motivates me to work hard? Well, I've got a family. I've got a family. I've got a beautiful wife and I've got an absolutely beautiful son. Um, and I enjoy what I do. I enjoy looking after them. I enjoy going to work to look after them and, and, and you know, help towards paying the bills. But I enjoy getting up in the morning. I enjoy my job. There's one thing that, um, it's a phrase that, you know, you may have heard before, if you enjoy your job, you'll never do a day's work in your life. And it's so true. 
hundred percent is true. One hundred percent is true. I enjoy every day at work. Well, that's a little bit of a fib. I enjoy, <laughs> yes. mo- I enjoy most days at work. Yeah. So, all right, let's go out to uh, California, and I believe John is here too, whose IG name is Paint School. I believe it's JQ Painting, um, and I think I know the answer to this first question. What's the longest you've been on a project? Well, I just said it before, didn't I? So six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months. Uh, and that was the job in Manchester Salford with the people who throw the wives out of the side of BMWs and, and other bits and pieces. Finished it on Monday. Should have been finished in... When should it have been finished? August? Is it August? June, July? August? Yeah, should have been finished at the beginning of September. But we're still here. Saw it out to the end. Got it done. There it is. There it is. All right. Do you make plans for the slow season or do you just keep pushing the fill in the schedule? No, I mean, we, we typically our slow season would be January, February. Um, we don't have seasons. I mean, I know that certainly in America, they have kind of, you know, your exterior season, your interior season, so on and so forth. Um, we don't tend to have that over it because if we ever, we can't, we can't really book in outside work or anything like that because we just don't know what the weather's going to be like. So we don't typically have an off season. Um, It's been different this year with COVID because we've had to push a lot of our jobs back. Um, So a lot of our jobs that would have been pre-December are going to now filter into January, February. So that would have been our slow season. But in answer to your question, we just crack on. We just crack on. We don't we don't space jobs out, and we've not needed to either, which is good. Right on. All right, one more from John. Where do you see yourself this time next year? Um, hopefully with a with an apprentice. Hopefully with somebody we're training up to work hard and work how how we do. Um, hopefully we'll still be as busy as we are and still bringing in the same custom and still achieving the same high quality that we do. Um, We will have a website up and running by this time next year. If not, well, it'd be a lot sooner than that. We will have all our merchandise ready, all our branding sorted uh, by this time next year. So that we are, like I said before, so that we as a company, as as a brand can grow, but not only can we grow as a brand, but we can deliver what we're ex- you know you know with the marketing with the website we can deliver so that we're not getting over encumbered with with work and whatnot so so yeah for sure all right moving on out there to australia mickey the painter what do you like most about our paint community on ig and do you have any favorite painters i love ig and i love ig i mean we discussed it right at the top of the show didn't we the the, the facebook versus ig kind of thing the thing is with ig is you, you're not getting bitchiness you don't get it you just get people who either want to comment and say wow that looks great or you know tell me what color you've used on that or how do you find this piece of equipment or you get people messaging you can you speak to me about this and give me some advice on that everything with ig is positive it's always been positive and touch wood. I've not had any, um, you know, negativity on that. Um, so IG is brilliant for that. Um, 
sorry, I forgot. What did you say? What was your question? I forgot. And, your question. and do you have any favorite painters? So, like, who are some of the guys that you enjoy watching their stuff? Oh, I'll tell you what I enjoy. I enjoy Nathan. You know Nathan, don't you? Nathan Carter. I like Nathan from uh, Nice Decor, Lancashire. Nathan's yeah. cool. I like watching Nathan because he speaks with a northern accent like I do. A little bit different to mine. It's a little it, bit different. It's a little, I knew, I mean, I, I know Manchester's in the north, but I can yeah. hear the similarities, but the little differences as well. Quite different, isn't it? Yeah, Nathan's and, cool. And, and English people in there, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? You guys are the only ones that say something and then follow it up with, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, and I mean, I, I never thought I had an accent, you know. I never really thought I had an accent until you start hearing yourself back on recordings and you think, wow, you sound really broad. You, you do have an accent. But um, I like Nathan. I like, um, only, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's lots of painters on IG whose, whose work I look at and I think, wow, that's fantastic. There's loads of them, uh, lots of them. Whereas Nathan does his blogs, doesn't he? he? Does his video logs every day and things like that. And it's nice. It's it's nice to catch up with kind of just an ordinary guy. Yeah. Doing his stuff. And it's yeah. it's really down to earth. Yeah, I love watching his stuff. Yeah. He he's one of he's one of my good buddies here on uh, on Instagram. Well as you can see, he sent me this, he sent me that, he sent me pants. That's how I get a lot of my uh uh, non-dicky pants because all of our pants seem to be plain white so I get those nice grey accents and the black accents. Majority of them come from me. You had, that, I think we're... you had that conversation the other week, didn't you? With Todd, Was it Todd Burrow? With Todd Burrow, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, about your pants. I watched that one, yeah. Yeah, well, he was out in Australia the one time and they got the nice pants out that way too, right? With the grey yeah. and the black and stuff. We so, have some uh, really cool stuff, you know, over here. There's some really cool stuff. Like yeah. as far as pants go, it's like it's I, I don't know anywhere that has as many different styles as, as you guys over there in England. Um I think I have about six different pair and not like the same brand, like six different brands, even DuPonts. I thought DuPont was just like a tire manufacturer. I got yeah. DuPont and they're my colors. They're yellow and black, their sign is yellow and black. It's the nicest pockets, they're the most the best fitting pants that I have. Are are from out your way, and there's the Duponts, and they were spent sent to me by, uh, uh, geez, Splash, the UK Splash. He's out okay. in London. So what do you go for? Do you go? The, do you like the flappy pockets on the outside? You know what? I didn't until I got that pair, and it's I can't live without. Game changer. Again, I spoke about this with uh, with Todd there the it's other week. Did, yeah. Like it's it's it, it's amazing. I love it. I. You know, a couple times I got to choose which pants. Like with Nathan, he sent me a bunch. He's like, which ones do you want? And some of them had the flappy pockets. It's like, nah, nah, nah. You know, it's, it's new to me. So I was like, nah, 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 I don't want that. So I, he sent me the uh, CRX or whatever the heck they were. Um, and then the other guy had sent me some. And then a lady in Wales sent me some with the flappy pockets. And it's like, I don't know how I'm going to work without those pockets anymore. They're great. They're a game changer. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Now, some of the side pockets, I guess, you know, nothing can be perfect. Some of the side pockets, I'm not too into having to pull the Velcro or snap to get easy access into some yeah. of those things that I got down here. But aside from that, those flat pockets are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I have my keys in there. I got my knife in there. I got so much stuff just hanging yeah. out. So, but uh, yeah, no, Nathan, Nathan's definitely one of my, one of my favorite guys. Myself. Yeah, he's a dude. 
He's a dude. Okay, Johnny the Happy Painter, who I believe is back in Texas now. What type of vehicle do you prefer and why? We've got um, <clears throat> we've got just a, a standard kind of transit van. So I suppose, what would it be? We don't have a truck, so we don't have, uh, you know, a flatbed. Um, we've just got a standard kind of Renault van, um, a medium-sized van, not a high roof, not a low roof, just a medium-sized van. And the reason why is because um, we've got it all racked out properly. If, mm. you've, if you've seen one of the earlier posts that I did, I've seen, it's got, you've, you'll have seen it all racked out inside. We can put all our boxes in, you know, brush box, uh, roller box, scrapers, everything. Um, and it's big enough to store your ladders in as well. Uh, and just, you know, your step ladders and things like that. So, and it's ideal for us. It's got a great deal of load space for your sprayers, for the Festool gear, uh, for your, your drop cloths and dust sheets and things like that. So, yeah, it's perfect for us. All right, on. All right, Tony Welling out there in Australia. Oil or water-based enamel? What's your preference? Water, every day, now. Um, and if you'd have asked me that two years ago, I'd have probably said oil. Um, but now I think with the changing technology and the, all these companies coming up with the water-based products, they're just, they're just fantastic. The, the faster drying, um, the your VOC content, so the kind of to the environment, you don't have to throw away brushes or try and store them in some kind of container or your rollers. Um, if you're spraying, uh, enamels and things like that you've not got the faff of cleaning your gun out with solvents and things like that water bases every day of the week i mean the only downside to water base i'd say for me personally if you were to go for a gloss finish you're never really going to get a true high gloss finish with water-based products and that's the only thing the rest of it is an absolute win for water base now do you use a lot of high gloss finishes no not anymore I, you know I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of guys and a lot of the guys that are using the uh, fine paints of europe going with these super shiny uh doors and cabinets and stuff like that and it's very rare that we go with anything over a satin on trim you know you Absolutely. have the odd person that wants to go with like a semi-gloss but i mean normally we're washable flat or a mat on the wall and yeah. satin on the trim and that's more than enough yeah. Um, you know, 24 years ago when I first started, everything was oil semi, oil semi yeah. for all the trim and doors was always oil yeah. semi. No, we're exactly the same. And it was, it was, and the, the, the people who would tend to find one, a high gloss or a gloss finish, well, high gloss or a semi gloss finish are the kind of older people, older. Kind of 60 mm -hmm. plus who that's all they've known. That's what you should put on your trim. But I mean, then you kind of gone through the 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 nineties and and early two thousands with your your satins, and now we're finding a lot of mats and a lot more people wanting matte finish on the trim as well, even so much as going for the same. So you're getting a, a matte finish on the wall and the same color and finish on the on the trim, which looks really good. Mm -hmm. Really, we good. just finished up a job there uh, late last week where we had. Different sheens, but same color. So oh, crown, yeah. the crown we went with a satin. The wall was a washable flat, or actually was a matte, uh, the satin trim, and then the the flat ceiling. 
kind of look good though. Yeah, um, but just a wild color, very wild color. But the whole house, every every room was the same thing. It's satin on the trim, which a lot of times what I find with our clients is that trim, or sorry, the crown molding and the ceiling are with the same, you know, and, and yeah. sometimes I agree with that. And sometimes I disagree with that. Like sometimes you want that crown to pop. If you just got a regular, you know, four or five inch crown, no profile, just a basic Fine. crown, bury it with the flat. If yeah. you spend money and you got some nice curves and, you know, some patterns in that highlight it. Yeah, you know, not with, exactly. a, not with yeah. a high gloss, but at least put a satin, like let it pop, let it get some kind of glare. Yeah, you know, that's, but, that's uh, the conversation you've got to have with your clients, isn't it? Mm, for sure. For sure. Well, that was a decision that I actually pulled. He wasn't sure which way he wanted to go. And I said, you know, a lot of times I like to pull the ceiling down to the crown. I said, but yeah. in this situation, you know, just aesthetically, I think this is the way we need to go. And at the end of the day, he loved it. Uh, let's stay in your neck of the woods here now. Let's head out to Marie, Dragonfly Decorators. Where is her question? I looked up for a second and I lost it. Ah, funniest thing you've ever seen on a job. Funniest thing I've ever seen on a job. Oh my God. Um, God. I've seen a few, to be honest. Um, the most recent was, um, funnily enough, the one that I've just been spending six months on in Manchester, where essentially the... It was, they're a ground working company. So they're used to laying roads, uh, digging holes, uh, putting concrete down, all the rest of it. Something which they're absolutely very, very good at. So this is the first attempt at going upwards and building houses. So these guys are driving around and they'd had this really nice ornate um, metal wrought iron fencing put all the way around bordering these houses. And the the they got like a, a little mini mini digger or mini excavator on on the site who's going in and out rushing in and out and all the rest of it and um it blew a gasket or it, it blew one of the one of the seals on one of the pneumatic pumps on the side which was spraying everywhere which was funny in its own right but they put it back on and fixed it back on and i'm not sure what what they did but this digger started moving not by its own accord, but really erratically, and drove straight through one of these new... Oh, no. Yeah. It must have cost them <laughs> thousands. And just because they're all there scrapped and going, what do we do with this flipping pipe on this digger? We'll just stick it here, put a bit of tape around it, and see what happens. And off it starts <laughs> going like this all over the yard. See, yeah. sometimes what we see in our eyes as uh, you know the funniest thing we've ever seen in a job is someone's real heartache you know someone was having a really bad day <laughs> yeah somebody yeah. lost a lot of money on that one but you know what if it was funny to you that's what mattered i would have probably died laughing too yeah we, we've we've got a funny we've got a funny way of um we, we like we like watching people suffer don't we <laughs> we do Dude, I watch a lot of Fail Army. You want to see people oh, yeah, suffer? Just go there. The best thing about Fail Army is you see the pain, but there's no follow-up. Yeah. It's like shot in the nuts and then next clip. There's no yeah. like, what happened to this? You know? Yeah, but do you not, do you not think, you know, the ones where the guys are like on a skateboard and they're going down the um, going down the banister rail and you're thinking, I know what's coming in. And you automatically yeah. start going like that, don't you? You go, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you feel those. Of, uh, 
speaking of funny things, totally unrelated, but uh, I, I've seen it in the past. And my wife last night was watching, uh, I forget what it's called, but you might know, when the English chase that cheese down the hill. Is it, is it oh, a ball yeah. of cheese? Yeah, the cheese running, yeah. In, Man, uh, I can't remember so it is, yeah. They're that mad. Is some because this, the hill's like that. Yeah, I watched this one this one lady doing it, and I guess she's won a few times in the past. And it was like, oh, she ended up breaking her leg on the way down. But it was like yeah. the way she's like, you watch that in slow mo, the way she's tumbling and turning. <laughs> yeah, like, Jesus. Yeah, they do it every year, and you you can't, you, they just can't stop, can they? Yeah, yeah. But I the think hills like. That. I, I think my uh, I think my wife was saying that the men do it three times a year and the women do it once because the men are three times crazier than women are apparently. Yes, uh, oh, I'm not too sure about that. No, all right. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's leave it at that and we'll move on. Uh, what do we got here? <laughs> okay, I won't keep you too much longer. Okay, uh, we'll stay with uh, Marie. If you could team up with any other painter on IG, who would it be and why? Do you know what? I think it'd probably be you, Chris, to be honest. And I'm not just saying that. It's because I've already said to you, haven't I, that I'd like to live in Canada. And what what a great what a great team up that'd be. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's switch this up. I will tell you where I live, you said you want the mountains and the beautiful scenery. I, I live in a concrete jungle. You live Both near Lake end. Ontario. What is that? I, I got Lake Ontario's two minutes from my house. I could almost pitch a baseball. Exactly. What's that? Lake Ontario is just a body of water. You could jet ski on it. Oh my God! There's all kinds of. Go to Danny. Go to <laughs> Danny. He's got the scenery. He's got the mountains. He's got the <laughs> bike trail. He's got the bike trails you want. I'll I mean, tell you what, though. I'll take you. I'll take you. But you would die. You would die. Uh, my hands are up like this all day. Ninety <laughs> percent of the day, my hands are up because we do too much popcorn ceiling removal. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to have your hands up all day and then go mountain biking with your hands down, that's up to you. But no, you know what? It, Tr Toronto's amazing. I appreciate that. It, it, Toronto's a beautiful city, but we don't have the scenery like the West Coast. No, no, no. You know the mountains, and I, I see some of the stuff, like some of the pictures. I, I have cousins out there, and I have a sister out in BC. The scenery out there is incredible. Unbelievable. That's the beautiful part. I mean, Canada's beautiful right across, but the real beauty, I'm pretty sure, lays out in the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, hey, if ever you want to join me on a project, come on down and uh, I'll, I'll get you going. And mix you up some Durban. You can skim out ceilings all day. Popcorn ceiling. Okay, here. Let's uh, do a couple more. Dazzling Dave, Mississauga, the paint sprayer fixer guy. Does music help at work? And what type of music do you listen to? Of course it does. You can't get through a day without music, can you? It just does, doesn't it? It just kind of, um, it's just that, it's particularly if you're working on your own, just to have something there. And I'll, you know, I'll listen to anything. I've got a real eclectic taste in music. I'll listen to some heavy rock music, um, anything from uh, Metallica to bloody Ariana Grande. I don't mind. Do you mm. know what I mean? I'll do it across the board. Absolutely love it. But yeah, it makes a difference. It makes a massive difference. It gives you that lift, doesn't it? And sometimes, you know, when you feel, you hear that song that you like, you know, when you're grinding out that popcorn ceiling, mm -hmm. you hear that song you like, and it just gives you that extra bit, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Hey, there's certain songs that uh, makes me go crazy. Well, I mean, I know Danny's still here. I don't know. You probably saw Danny's Friday 
dance video when he was spraying the railings like that tune. <laughs> I, I don't know oh roses i don't know why i wasn't thinking of the name but that tune there to this day it's already an old song now it's over six months old or whatever and that song comes on i'll still crank it and it's yeah. like i i doubled my pace i just start you know you do, don't you? not even thinking it's like i just get right into the music and off yeah. i go but yeah, certain that's... songs make me dance too much and then the production is dropping for like four <laughs> and a half minutes right but uh yeah, no, I, I, you know, a lot of guys don't allow um, music at work. I can't work without music. I mean, I can work without music, but I but love no that my, yeah, I love that my radio. Uh, all right, you know what? Protal, I believe, is here too. So let's go to his question. Protal out there in New Jersey, the father and son super stretch mm -hmm. team. What are some of the challenges? Sorry, what are some of the challenges that you face when trying to make time for both family? And work well I, I suppose it's one of those it, it's one of those problems that everyone's going to face at some time it's that it's that balance i mean my wife she, she's she's a cop she worked ridiculous hours and i mean ridiculous hours oh, like, hold, hold, hold on your wife is a cop yeah that's where i met her yeah so wait a second so you left being a cop so you didn't have she to stayed with your wife she stayed. That you, didn't, you didn't want to work with her anymore. Now I know why you, you want to be a <laughs> We didn't work together. We didn't work together. So, yeah, so she's, so she's still there. So, I mean, she works ridiculous shifts. But this is what, I mean, you asked me before, didn't you, the, the, the benefits of working for yourself and the good things about working for yourself and being your own boss. That's one of the, that's one of the things. So you, we can choose our times when we start and finish. So if she's starting early and if she's finishing early, then she can look after our son because he plays football. He plays a lot of football, uh, soccer. Um, so, you know, he, he, he goes everywhere in the evenings. Uh, it is a challenge, but you've just got to communicate with one another and you've got to speak to each other and you've got to coordinate your time. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a plan for the week. If you've got a plan for your week, everything will go smoothly well smoothly as, as it possibly can be and that's what we do we have a plan i mean she's meticulous at planning anyway i just go along with it i don't i just nod my head and go thanks for that um that's her that's her stuff so yeah it's a challenge but it's a challenge we all face you know mm -hmm. predominantly we've all got families haven't we um it's nothing new being a painter and decorator the benefit is I work for myself if I need to finish an hour early to take him to the dentist or, or the hospital or whatever for, for some reason I can do. Um, but yeah, it is a challenge. So you were a cop for 20 years. Um, yeah. You said the hours, you were doing like 16 and 18 hours and stuff like that. Yeah. And getting into painting was going to free up a lot more of your time. Does your wife being a cop have those same crazy hours? Is she doing those yeah. 16, 18 hour days? Yeah. Yeah, she does. Okay. So she'll typically, yeah, she'll typically, I mean, she gets up at five in the morning and she'll finish work sometimes six, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. So, and I'll pick up the slack, which is fine. It's great. I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you said, but apparently my wife came in at the time as the song familiar. And I was thinking about that as you said. Right? <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Nick. Dropped <laughs> okay, you right. Moving on. You know, let, let's do two more. We'll use my wife's question. Um, how involved are you in the process of your client's design vision? Um, it depends. It depends how well we know them because we've, we've made the mistake before now of saying, do you know what? That color would really look well 
with that wall. So they've gone, oh, do you, do you think so? Yeah, it'll look superb. So we've painted it that colour. And they've come home, they've gone, don't like it. We're not interior designers, we're, we're decorators. So um, if we know the clients well, then we will have that conversation with them. We will speak to them and we will say, you've made a mistake or you're going to make a mistake. What you'd need to do is, is look at these different these different options look at these options i'm going to give you choose one because one of them will be right we're not going to tell you what exactly to do because we don't want to fall into the trap of you need to repaint that again because you told us to paint it that color mm -hmm. and we're going to lose money so we, we we detach ourselves from that interior designer profile we will decorate as they want us to decorate it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is why which is why there's interior designers out there because if you want color advice and everything else hey yeah. as much as i love and as much as we love to help people with color because we're the applicator that's what we are the applicator yeah you exactly. want to know what's happening and what's about pay the extra money bring in an interior designer like that if you don't like the color there's no no argument with us about you know oh well you picked it yeah. blah 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 take it up with your designer pay us again we'll work something out and move on Exactly. All right, let's let, let's finish it up with uh, a good one from Mike's painting out there in Australia. Good old Mike. What are some of your early day painting blunders from when you started up? Painting blunders. Oh my god. Which one, eh? <laughs> yeah, there's a few. I mean, when I started painting professionally again, so like I said, I've 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 picked up brushes and I've put them down over the past God knows how many years. Um, when I started painting professionally, my brother would, he would absolutely beat me up for not cleaning my brushes properly because he'd say, go and clean those brushes. So go and clean the brushes. And I'd come back and he'd go, no, no, that's not good enough. And it was that repetitive, clean the rolls out. No, that's not good enough. Clean that out. Clean this out. Not good enough. Um, not really blunders, I suppose, but they were... It was a, a steep learning curve. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he, he taught me a lot. He taught me an awful lot. Uh, he's a younger brother. He's two years younger than me. So it was, I suppose, it was a little bit difficult to take at, at times. But I knew he was doing it for the right reasons. Because he had his ways. He had his methods. And he, he really made sure that those got hammered home with me. But blunders, um, you know what? I've, I've not really, I've never spilt a tin of paint on someone's carpet. I've never, um, what have, what have I not done? You've never come off a stepladder and, you know, the where you place the stepladder, there's the tray of paint at the bottom. You've not stepped in a tray of paint? Uh, come on, everybody's <laughs> done that. No, no, I suppose that's on my radar. I suppose that's on my things to do list, isn't it? If I've not already done it, it's going to happen at some point. Well, then, you know, just keep in mind that that can happen. Either that and or it you're just probably a will now. Person. You <laughs> see, I think a lot of these things happen in the rush. So it's like, who is going to put their ladder right here? Because you see the tray on the way up, thinking that you're going to see it on your way down. You do. But by the time you get, you know, that four to six foot span of cutting, all of a Forgotten. sudden you forget, you're coming down, you got your can, you're taking it back up the step, you're coming up, boom. I have probably four or five pictures on my camera roll from every single guy that have worked for me <laughs> that has done that. I've done it twice, twice in 24 years. I'm going to send you, well, as soon as I do it, I'm going to send you a picture. 
There you go. Well, please don't do it. And if you do, make sure you uh, don't have on a good pair of work shoes. <laughs> so, uh, Nick, I wanted to thank you for your time tonight. I know it's pushing almost midnight for you. It's oh, almost, yeah. tuck, almost tucked my kids in time for me. We got 20 to 7 over here, so the night's still young. Um, next week, guys, we're back on the regular time, 9 p.m. Eastern. We are heading out to Jersey to speak with GLS Painters uh, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Tune in. Uh, Nick, I, because it's early, I, I had posted earlier that I'll get the podcast up for tomorrow. I'll probably get that up tonight, so you'll see that tomorrow. Last week, I just wanted to apologize to my guest last week, NJ, out there in Ottawa. I don't know what happened with my phone. It's the first time in 60-plus episodes. I hit the <laughs> end button. I went to go start typing the uh, name of the show and everything else, and that was it. My screen went white, almost like that flash screen where I could see myself, and the rest is history. The unfortunate part about that is Instagram has a new feature, the live archive which has been started to roll out. And my guest had it already on his end. I don't have it on my end. Well, the thing was on my live, not his. So that is gone. So I did apologize to Nick. And uh, we are going to have a phone conversation and get that up on a podcast just so people can hear his story. Um, but yeah, Nick, I appreciate your time. I hope no problem. Uh, all goes well for you in the future. I'll check back in with you in a year and see if all those things have come to fruition. And do that. all the best with your dad. I hope he sticks around for many more years. He's probably one of those guys that's never going to retire. He's not going anywhere, dude. There you go. All right. All right. I am going to post this episode before I even name it, and then I'll go back <laughs> and edit it. So, Nick, thanks again, and uh, we'll chat soon. Take care, dude. All right, Peace guys, you soon. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you.